You're listening to Inside the White Line with Tomas Moore. Tommy Mulick, Keith Cribben, welcome. Uh, two former Kildare footballers now. Um, I'm not sure has that sunk in yet. Tommy, I'll start with you. Yeah, it probably hasn't sunk in that. Uh, that yeah. And thanks very much for having me on. Um, it hasn't really sunk in. It's weird to hear the, the former Kildare footballers as such because uh, I suppose being around the panel so long and 10, 10 years, I suppose, with the senior panel and another two years with the minor panel. So uh, it's a big change, big change. Yeah, um, when I was pitching the idea to Keith earlier on in the week, he he said, uh, Tommy will have no problem talking, so there's no pressure on you, Tommy, now for the next hour or so. so. <laughs> Thanks, Keith. Jeez, I wouldn't yeah. mind. <laughs> so, Keith, yourself. Yeah, Tommy, uh, Tommy's the man, the one. <laughs> yeah, uh, you announced your Tommy, Tommy's the man that's never. I'll uh, oh, go on again. <laughs> no, fire ahead, fire ahead. I did, yeah. Uh, I was saying Tommy's the man that's always mounting the longest in the meeting room, so he is. <laughs> yeah. Now, I never said he was talking that much sense, but I said he was always talking. <laughs> um, Keith, I suppose um, you're around a bit longer than than, than Tommy. Um, you announced it on the 31st birthday, as far as I'm aware. So um, was that always the plan, or was it just, just perfect time? I did, yeah. No, no, it it wasn't the plan. Um, Jack was actually ringing me on the Friday night and I couldn't answer because it was my mum's birthday. So we were up having dinner there and I said I'd leave it off till the weekend or that anyway because uh, I kind of had a fair idea what I was going to tell him. And then he texted me then on Saturday morning, which would have been my birthday, and he asked what was the best time to give him a call or for a chat or that. And I said, well, sure, I may ring him here now and sure, I'll have to just tell him what my plan was or whatever. So I rang him anyway that morning anyway, and uh, we had a bit of chit chat or whatever, and then I kind of told him what my plan was anyway. And yeah, like it was, it was tough, like because uh, like I, ha- I had my mind made up for a while, but the hardest thing was to do was probably pick up the phone and ring him uh, to do it. But anyway, he rang me, so that was kind of my uh, my my chance to do it. I had to do it then, really. But uh, yeah, so that's that's what happened anyway. It just happened to be on my birthday. Yeah, um, Tommy, you seem to be around for ages as well, but you're only 28. Um, yeah. You know, like it's it's 20, 28 and 31. Obviously, I suppose 31 is similar enough age of what some people are retiring now, but definitely for a 28 year old to to retire. Well, I understand both feet didn't get much game time this year. Both feet last played against Cavan in the league, which I suppose for both feet is probably a disappointing way to finish. Um, but Tommy, what, what was your reason for, for stepping away? Yeah, I suppose. Um... So this year in particular was a difficult year for myself personally. Um, like you said, probably not a lot of game time in and out of most form as well. But um, I've been around, like you said, I've kind of been around like a bad smell at this stage. Uh, Ten years on the Calera senior panel uh, since 2010, and then another two years as minor team. Um, probably that was probably the reason for stepping away as well. In a, in a way that um, I probably played a, a, a lot of football under that time and. Um, I'm not saying that I'm happy enough to step away but it was just a thing in my head that I was going to step away this year even at the start of the year when Jack gave me a phone call and I was lucky enough to get that phone call to come back into the panel 
uh, I kind of had in my head this would probably be the last year and um, and it was a difficult year like I said and I suppose that that made my decision fairly clear by the end of the year that I was kind of going to take that step away and, um, and it, it just kind of made my mind up as well Yeah and Tommy, you obviously retired first, Keith, you were a couple of days later, but both of you have 98 appearances for Galair. So similarities between both of you, <laughs> it's, it's been strange the way that that has kind of happened. Yeah, yeah he definitely. followed me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I seen Tommy was getting all the attention. And he says, oh, jeez, you can't, uh, I, I'll get in on that as well. But uh, yeah, it just, it, it just was coincidental that was that the two of us had 98 appearances or whatever. Um we should have hung out for the, for two more, Tommy. Shut me up. Yeah, the century. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, and just like say, like my last game again with, with Kildare this year was against Cavan, and uh, you'd be like, I was obviously disappointed. I didn't get much game time then after that, but uh, I kind of had it in my head probably at the start of last year as well. It took me like everyone kind of thinks when you come to well, especially twenty nine thirty, you're at you kind of see where you are and how far you could go again. And I just felt, say, maybe after Keen O'Neill's last year, that I had given a lot and that, that in his last year, I probably wasn't getting as much. Like, I was starting the games, but I was starting to get kind of less game time then as well. And then kind of looking into the year after that with a new manager, I thought it was going to be very hard for me to kind of impress again and make a name. Uh, but then when it was Jack that came in, like... It's Jack O'Connor, and the whole like you get a boost from that, like you know, because he's won it all, like with Kerry and other teams and stuff like that. So that was exciting, and I said I'll give it a good lash then this year. And just the way that the year happened with COVID or whatever else, and then I knew that like with a new manager coming in, that they're, they're going to be trying to put their own new stamp on it and build a more team, bringing newer lads and stuff like that. And it's probably not ideal for a thirty or thirty-one year old. To be kind of not in not in his plans maybe at the start where you hadn't been starting a few games uh, to try and break yourself into a consistent starter again and that didn't really happen for me then this year so by the end of the year that I just kind of had my mind made up that I was going to leave it at that. Yeah, there was obviously a huge, huge disappointment, I suppose, in the Calera camp, uh, heavily beaten in the, in the Leicester Championship. I don't think anyone would have really seen that coming because um, people would deem that Calera would be the second best best team in Leinster at, at the moment, um, I suppose, talent-wise as well. Um, but like to lose that heavily to me must, must have been a huge very, uh, dis- disappointment for both of you. Tommy, I'll start with you first. Yeah, extremely disappointing I suppose when I was looking at the game I, I actually I didn't make the panel that day but when I was looking at the game from home I was kind of looking on and after the first half I was thinking geez we're, we're, we're rightly set here and I thought we were playing well and we we're moving the ball well and a lot of the, like Jimmy Hyland and, and people like that moving well in the full forward line and the ball was getting in there but um, just a few individual mistakes and a few kind of we kind of compounded them with more mistakes if that makes sense um, one mistake another one followed and uh, yeah, we just conceded kind of silly goals there at stages of the game that killed us off completely. And unfortunately, uh, it was very, very disappointing to watch on and see that because um, in training, I felt anyway, uh, we were moving well. Like we, we probably didn't show that in championship games, even the off-key game, we were kind of stuttering and starting at times. Uh, and definitely then that, that form was probably brought into the me game. But believe you me, at training, I thought we were, we were moving very, very well uh, at times. 
uh, moving the ball quick and stuff. So it was just disappointing the way it ended. Uh, and especially on a personal note, the way it ended when I kind of knew um, that this was probably going to be a finishing year for me anyway, personally. But uh, it was just disappointing to watch on. And uh, and I suppose Keith would probably reiterate that point as well, just to see uh, probably not even this year's, but other years' hard work kind of coming to a, coming to an end at that stage because um, uh, believe you me, there's a lot of there's a lot of hard work put in behind the scenes. People probably only see the the days at league matches in in Connacht or in Crow Park, but uh, unfortunately, it's just the way it ended. And um, I suppose there's a lot of learnings to take from from the lad for the lads for next year. To because there was I think there was I think there were seven or eight championship starters this year for the first time, and some of them lads were the first time that they played in Crow Park as well. So uh, hopefully the lads can move on from that and learn from that as well. Um, but yeah, extremely disappointing overall though, um, just the way it ends. Yeah, and Tommy just mentioned uh, a lot of time Keith spent training and and everything that goes with it. It's nearly a full-time job now, like it's at least five to six six days a week and that's outside of your own uh, your own personal stuff with work and whatever. Um, like, was it hard just to keep going with, with that, that amount of work? Um, like this year was, it, it wasn't that case at all because you were only meeting up the limited times through the week because of what COVID and stuff like that. So it was actually very enjoyable uh, just meeting up twice a week, Tuesday, Thursday, and then having your games at the weekend and then being trusted to do your own gym session in between as well. Um, but then like say previous years, it, it is tough. Like, you know, when you have collective gym sessions and stuff like that as well. Um, you're prop- and especially for people who are living 35, 40 minutes away from Newbridge, you know, because it's, it's, it's a lot of time. It probably takes four hours of your evening um, going over and back and doing your training and whatever else like that as well. But again, that's what's required. Like, you know, if every other county is doing it, you have to be doing it as well. Um, so, yeah, but look, again, like, you know what you're getting into when you're in an inter-county setup. And if you're complaining about it, you shouldn't be there. Mm. Um, there's a big elephant in the room, lads, when it comes to Leinster football, and 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 that's Dublin. Um, it's it's yeah. the ta- it's it's the talk of everyone at the minute. And uh, I, I just have a question for both of you: if 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 Leinster was more competitive, um, and you knew that 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 you had a huge chance to beat in Dublin, um, would there been a more of a motivation to continue with Kildare? Tommy, I'll start with you. Um, I suppose first of all, any time for like people probably don't believe me, and I, I take Keith to the Keith to the same, believe the same as me. Any time that I went out against Dublin or were about to play Dublin, I always felt that we had a we had a chance of beating them. Um, I always felt in the in the back of my head, even we did have a chance of beating them, and I wouldn't go out and play that game otherwise. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, it's not a it, look for personally. It wasn't a reason that I I stepped away from the panel or anything like that. But you can see. Uh, why other lads mightn't come into the panel about like I can see the reasoning behind it that uh, Dublin have been so dominant over the last ten years. Uh, that it, and I don't think it's just a Leinster thing at this time now at this moment in time because they've been dominant in in the All Ireland as well like five in a row. They're now in another All Ireland final. Uh, so it's I think it's 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 gone beyond the Leinster thing. They are that dominant at the moment. Uh, unfortunately for us, um, and personally I would say if. if we were in a, a Connacht Munster or Ulster Championship. I think 
over the last 10, 15 years, we probably would have won one as well. So I don't know. It wasn't a personal reason for stepping away, but I can definitely see why lads mightn't commit as much. What do you think, Keith? Um, like if we were, if <laughs> I suppose like if we were within two or three points of Dublin in the last couple of years, it probably would be more motivation to stay on to, to get a medal uh, or to try run up close or whatever. Um, but the fact is, like, if like the stats speak for themselves, just how far Dublin are ahead in Leinster, and as Tommy just said, like in the All Ireland series as well. Um, yeah, so like it's 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 sad in a way because like it just there's there's probably not too many lads in the province, um, in any other jersey apart from the blue one that haven't got or that that have a Leinster medal, you know, apart from the Dublin lads. So. Um, yeah, the only the only one playing at the minute is Ross Ross Munley. I think he's the only one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, like that that's that's sad. Like you know, it's not good like for football. Uh, but it's not a case of like where we should be looking like how like it's not Dublin's fault. You know that they're so far ahead. It's it's brilliant for them and that, and you can't be looking to to stop them improving, you know, but it's up to, I suppose, like the rest of the teams to kind of get up to their level. How you do it, I don't know, because they're just that far ahead, like, um, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's one that's been talked about a lot lately, but I don't know if anything will change in, in that regard either. But like, I, I looked at Kildare's record in, in underage since 2010. It's four minors and two under-21 yeah. titles. Tommy, you were obviously on one of them under-21 uh, winning teams. You know, and then I look at the coaches yeah. in there. Johnny Dial, absolute legend in Kildare football. Uh, Tyg Fennan, Noel Mooney, Dave Murphy, all, all, all them lads that are involved in, in coaching in Kildare. And you just kind of wonder, what more can we actually do here? You know, like um, Bernard Brogan made a statement on Twitter basically questioning whether the other counties are doing the same amount of work. Personally, I know the least majority of the least players would would be doing the same amount of work, and I'm sure it's the exact same in Kildare. So you just kind of wonder how do you close this gap? Um, I don't know. Like, I'd say, like, I think that was a bit of a blind statement by Bernard Brogan, to be honest. Um, I think uh, every inter county team at this moment in time are, are, are training. Like like Keith said and earlier, we're training five six nights a week, maybe one night a week off. Like mm. uh, most years, uh, so I think that was a blind statement. And you're right, we've kind of had have had underage success over the last over the last number number of years. We've had under twenty uh, All Ireland title as well. It's just getting them them players through uh, and trying to blood them in. If you look at the Dublin team at the moment, I suppose <laughs> the lucky thing that they have is. Um, you look at their even their bench or even their, their players that are even making making the, the panel. I suppose you've all stars there. You've Paul Mannion who didn't even get on or gone on for a few minutes last day, and uh, you look at like they're literally all all stars on the bench. Um, so they've such a depth in depth of talent at the moment uh, that yeah they are a, an unbelievable generation of players. Um, in fairness to them, and like Keith has said, you can't you can't blame Dublin for that. But it's getting to that standard, and you're right. There's a lot of there's a lot of good work going on with Johnny and. Uh, and and the rest of the coaching staff uh, within Kildare, uh, it's just expanding on that. And even the underage teams, uh, and it's great with uh, I think Paul Dibley's doing the strength and conditioning coaching there as well. And it's great to have them, them improvements. Uh, definitely, even for my age when I was under in development squads, they're they're massive steps in the right direction. But I just feel like uh, Dublin seem to be a step ahead at the moment uh, in the senior game, and 
um, it, it's just a problem that we really have to we have to look at as well. And uh, I think every county in, in Ireland has to look at it. Yeah, well, there is there is like say lads from that under twenty team that won the Iron McClare, like they are starting to come through now. Like Aaron Matheson, Jimmy Highland were consistent starters this year as well. Like whereas when they were coming straight out of under twenty, they're still very young for inter county senior football. Yeah. Um, and it was always going to take them two or three more years to kind of uh, develop uh, and learn a bit more as well. Like you know, so hopefully in the next couple of years that they'll continue. And Dara Curran as well, who was another great find as well. And we only had him in after uh, the lockdown as well. Do you know, so he's another thing to look forward to in Kildare. Um, Jimmy, as I said, like has been playing more consistent football as well and has been playing really well. He's t- taking control of freeze as well. So, you know, like th- it's bright there, do you know, as in like, say for Jack looking into next year. Right, OK, the mid game was, the end of it was embarrassing. But, like, there is lads, and, like, it wasn't a case where Mead had actually powered us over and like that. These were, their goals were from stupid mistakes made by their players. It wasn't a case where they had 70% of the possession or anything like that. There were stupid errors on a Kildare behalf. But then they were going to have, like, if they sit down and look at us at the end of this year, they have, like, say, Dara Curran, as I've said, Jimmy, Aramas, and... Uh, Shea Ryan, Con Kavna, all these new lads who are kind of new to the senior inter county championship scene, you know, they're going to learn a lot from that. And they'll be, I, I'm sure Jack is going to give them loads of game time again next year to keep on developing them. Yeah, you, you, with that as well, Keith, I hope, I hope people realise that we are, I suppose at the moment, we are a team that have, have a lot of young lads. And I think, uh, especially with that under 20 team, I think everybody thought. A lot of the public thought, oh, a load of these are going to come through. We're going to really power on. And there's a big difference, and you and I both know there's a big difference between under 21 and senior inter county football. Yeah. Massive difference. And I think people have to realise that as well. And just the example that's used, Jimmy Hyland, probably one of the better fours we've produced. Uh, he's been savage over the last year. He's been class. So I hope we give players like that time to really develop under Jack. Is is there a lot of pressure, lads, on, for example, a Jimmy a Jimmy Highland? Um, I suppose I, I'm looking back maybe at Niall Kelly when he came onto the senior t- team, um, a very good underage player. Now you Jimmy Highland, excellent underage player, brought straight into the seniors. Whereas Dublin are looking at Kieran Archer, probably the best under twenty player in the in the in the country at the minute, and he's not involved with the seniors. You know, so like, is there a lot of pressure on on the likes of a Kildare, a Carlo, Mead, or a Leash, maybe that have they have a talent coming up, and the fans all all want him playing senior, and next thing when he's up with the senior, he's just physically not able to to come up against a side like Dublin. Yeah, like I don't know because, like, say Jimmy would have been in uh, when he was under twenty, and say last year as well, and he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have gotten a huge amount of game time. Uh, it was only kind of this year when Jimmy's probably what time he's probably twenty three or that is he twenty two twenty two. Yeah, so like he's he's only kind of getting his starting position now. Like, do you know? Um, I don't know what about other counties or anything like that, but I don't think he's been. Uh, I don't think there's too much pressure on Jimmy anyway. Um, yeah. I think Jimmy kind of knows that he's just in there doing his best and if he's good enough to be picked during training and like that, he'll start and if he's not, he won't, you know, and that's the, that's just the way it is, like. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd have to agree with that as well, like, you might hear people talking about Jimmy, especially after the, the under-20 campaign that he had, which was, which was unbelievable, he had a great, great season, a um, great 
championship campaign that time since under 20s. But um, I suppose I would have felt that he was probably people were pushing him forward, trying to trying to push him into the team probably uh, after the under 20 campaign, saying he was an excellent footballer and he should be starting straight away. I and mean, I suppose in the panel he probably didn't realise he didn't feel that pressure as such, where he had to work for his position like everybody else. And, um, like it's a cutthroat business. You have to. Every, if, unless you're playing well, you're not going to get into that panel. You're not going to get into the team either. So yeah, yeah I'd, I'd agree with you to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we we could talk about Dublin all right, all night, lads, and we'd still solve nothing. I think that's a bigger issue for for people that are better off paid than than all of us three together. So, Tommy, I mean, I'll yeah. I'll move with yourself. Um, here's your chance to shine. Now you have a special segment here. Um. You, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> like you joined, and we we're just talking about young players actually going into senior panels. Like you were just after finishing uh, a season with the Kildare Miners when you got the call to join the Kildare Senior Panel. Um, do you remember getting that phone call? Uh, yeah, um, I was. It was. We just lost against Longford. Um, we actually played Dublin in the minor championship. I think we played them three times. I think. Uh, with replays and stuff like that, and we just lost against Longford. Um, I think we played Dublin on the Tuesday and played Longford on the Saturday, and with a good few injuries, we went out and lost against Longford that day. And I think that week I got a phone call. Uh, and actually, my father got a phone call first um, of Kieran McGinney just asking, "Would it be okay if Tommy came in?" And then I got a phone call. It was that kind of way. Uh, I, yeah, so I went down to the first training session. I was, I think I was in uh, I think I was in awe at that time because uh, the realization of probably playing with a few of my heroes that I would have watched uh, since a young age and just getting involved with the with the Kildare in the county setup because it probably was on its list but it was a dream of mine to try and get involved with the with Kildare senior team and like I said playing with like the likes of Johnny Doyle or Dermot Early and coming in and just kind of going into the dressing room the first day and sitting down in spots that I should have been sitting in like Mick Foley's I always remember that going in coming into Mick Foley's spot and then him telling me to move on the typical Mick Foley way and uh, just just the, the sheer I suppose the sheer um, nervousness of the situation as well and luckily enough I, I wasn't alone I had Sean Dowling coming in with me that day as well uh, and our two dads uh, John and uh, John Dowling who passed away recently but um, who, who was a gentleman he uh, he was there as well, and my dad and he went up to the two of them and chatting around and saying if it's all right if we, we get involved and everything like that. So I kind of, kind of it was more odd and more than anything. And then once the ball was thrown in, you kind of forgot about it then after a while. Uh, and afterwards, then having a chat with like Johnny Doyle coming up to me straight away, Darren Early, Hugh uh, Lynch at the time from from Leeds as well, um, kind of really settled me into the team and look I didn't even get any game time but I rem- always remembered even the 2010 um, semi-final against Down um, even though I got no game time or anything like that I was just delighted to even get out in Crow Park pitch and see the amount of people there and being the envy of all my friends who've, who've looked at Kildare GA over the last number of years and as well so it was kind of a, a, a mix of nervousness and, and just delight that I've, I've kind of I made it now but I, I really wanted to push on and try and get a few win a trophy first of all but trying to get into the team first of all and then win a trophy sorry yeah Keith like you would have played with Johnny Dial and, and you would have been involved with Dermot Early and them like they would obviously been heroes of yourself growing, growing up through development squads as well you know what did it mean to yourself to be in a dressing room with, with, with calibre like them lads yeah like it was it was mad like you know because 
Um, I was calling about six weeks before championship and we played, um, first game I played was against Leash in Omor Park in the last league game. But I remember when Niall Carew rang me, uh, it was to come on and train and whatever else like that. I kind of half thought it was someone messing uh, with me on the phone, I swear to God. <laughs> but anyway, then I went on down to the, I went on down to the, the Johnstown house for a swim and I met Brian Flanagan in the pool and this was on the Monday and Calera after getting beat by Mayo on the Sunday and Flano was playing, didn't play probably too well or anything like that and I said to him, I said, so I'll get a left huge friend there tomorrow night and he kind of looked at me and he goes, oh yeah, sure you will, you know, I kind of thought I was just having a bit of a go at him or whatever else like that. So then anyway, come back on in for a swim, we tugged off anyway and I said, so what time do you collect me at? He goes, Jesus, are you serious yet? I said, yeah, yeah, crew was on to me there yesterday. And he goes, Jesus, mad, yeah, right, okay, yeah, come on, training, yeah. So I went on in anyway, and then came over, I was in St. Connellet's on the Tuesday night, and it was my first time to even see Kieran McGinney, you know, and sure, Kieran McGinney is an absolute legend. Uh, Dermot Early, Anthony Rainbow were there as well, and I kind of thought, geez, this is absolutely crazy kind of stuff or whatever. And uh, we were going for our first training session, I ended up marking... Anthony Rainbow and he was kind of like he could have been 36 or 37 at that time maybe and I was going forward and I says right well if I'm on this lad I'm just going to keep running and running and running and he put me on the back foot from the word go and I was chasing his tail the whole the whole training session I had a stinker like and that was a real lesson even that I learned because I just kind of took it for granted that you know like I come in here and make a name for myself real quick you know I could be the new kid on the block wasn't the case at all like um, but like and like the characters that were in that group as well like say Johnny Dye like he was an absolute gentleman I'm sure you know him as well like off the pitch as well like you know couldn't do enough for you um, so like it was great to have lads like him kind of taking you under under his wing from such a young young age like yeah and you and you played like you made your championship debut against Wicklow uh, in that same year yeah. um, was that a shock to get that call I know the game ended up badly because Wicklow won their first ever yeah. Mr. championship game yeah. it, was, it was a bad result alright yeah <laughs> um, uh, no to be honest like after the first weekend there I kind of I started training really really well and I was playing corner forward at the time Um like I'm not far, I'm a long way from that now at the moment. But <laughs> Who would you there? <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh, like we were playing challenge games and I was absolutely flying it. So I kind of knew I was in with a good shout of starting anyway. Uh, I wasn't named on the team or anything like that. And then, but like I was probably the same as every other player or every other person in the country would have expected just to beat Wicklow and beating them well on the day. Um, and that the whole occasion, probably looking back, it definitely did get to me. Because I remembered, like, I nearly spent probably more time looking in at the crowd, like, you know, than anything else. First time in Crow Park, I was playing on the same team with Anthony Rainbow, Johnny Dial, Dermot Early, Rolly Sweeney. Um, and, yeah, it was just a bad, it was a bad result for Calaird, you know, and it'll never be forgotten, like. Yeah, Tommy, I want to, want to ask you about Kieran McGinney. Obviously, you were uh, under-21 captain with Calaird when in, uh, you beat Longford in Port Leash and Kieran McGinney was, was managing the team. Um um, obviously it was controversial enough the way he he left um, yeah. Kildare you know what's your what, what, what was what was your feeling on it? Um, I suppose yeah it's, it's kind of a testament to Geezer with all the, with all the players that are still involved with the, with the player senior team like, I think if you look at our under 21 team it's a bit ridiculous I think 
more than 18, 19 players have played uh, senior football for Kildare at one stage or another uh, and have been in around the senior panel. Probably more, I'd say, if I'm miscounting a few. But um, it's, it's kind of amazing and it's a testament to him. Uh, the way it ended, I suppose, is a bit sad in a way. Uh, but I do see the point of view of clubs where the importance of kind of trying to play um, club games as much as possible. It probably was it. Looking back on it now, it probably was a problem at the time. And I do understand where clubs were coming from. Um, I probably only played, even though I wasn't really involved in championship games or anything like that, a lot of the time I can see their, their point of view um, in terms of I probably only played two, three league games, two league games with the club, three league games with the club, and then I obviously played championship. But I do see their point of view with that. Uh, but Geezer definitely did leave, um, I suppose, his his stamp on that Calera team and you can see obviously with the results we had during that period of time and, and a lot of the players under that under-21 team are still still kind of the, the main centre of, of of the Calera team today. Uh, so the team that he was, the teams that he were involved in have been quite successful in fairness. Uh, and look, as well as that, you, you can't play testament enough to the, to the players that he had on the senior team as well. They were, they were a special group of players, people like Johnny Doyle and Dermot Early, like we talked about there a few minutes ago. Um, were, were unbelievable players so as well as that we had a great so generation of players there that were hitting their prime and really going well at that stage as well and same with the 21s we probably to be honest we probably underachieved that year as well uh, we won the Leinster of course yeah but I think um, we, we probably could have went on and, and won hopefully well probably should have went on and won an All-Ireland with that team we, we kind of just missed I think we had 21 boys against Galway that day that we played them in so yeah I suppose Kieran was uh, was an excellent manager in fairness and his results didn't lie with, with Kildare. Yeah, and I was, I was actually look, looking at that team the other night. Mark Donnan was in goals and there was Daniel Flynn and, and there was yourself. You know, Keith, I suppose, from your point of view, uh, were you extremely disappointed to see Geezer leave? Yeah, I just thought it was I thought it was badly handled in the way that he did leave. You know, like it was put to a, a vote amongst clubs and stuff like that, which was very kind of a public kind of a thing and it drew, I just thought it drew bad attention towards Kildare like I'm not sure how it's done in every other county or that but I know it's certainly not done like that now I think it should be just a, a committee that are put in place to, to pick your manager or, or to get rid of a manager and just the way it was handled I thought it was very poorly but uh, yeah like Geezer came like in from uh, from straight away from playing into managing Kildare uh, County do you know which is not too many, I can't think of any other player that's ever done that, like, um, and it's just that he's such a, you know, like, he's just a, a character that people kind of aspire to be, like, you know, if you're a footballer and you think of Kieran McGinney, you just think of hard work, strength, uh, and that's probably what he did bring to the, that Calera group of that kind of generation or whatever, uh, the likes of, say, Emmett Bolton, uh, Morgan O'Flaherty, Brian Flanagan, all them boys, Eamon Callaghan, like they, uh, they loved him, like you know, like and uh, whatever they said, whatever Giesel said, it was kind of gospel to them. You know, the, he really got the buy-in from from the players. Yeah, I had, I had just just McNulty from Armagh on last week's podcast. Um, he would have been the least manager when yeah. Kieran McGinney was the Clare manager, mm-hmm. and we were just speaking about last night. Um, when he came to Leash, it was a completely different mindset that 
that he brought and I don't like to be talked about Leash all the time but it's a good example because he was coming from <laughs> Armagh where strength and conditioning was huge in Armagh Armagh were huge players physically and mentally uh, he had won in All-Ireland yeah. so when Justin came to Leash huge difference training I remember one night there was snow outside I think about six inches of snow and the players were looking outside the door wondering whether training was going to be on or, or could they go home but they trained and that was yeah. his way of thinking listen hard work is the only way that's going to do it here so I'm from looking from the outside in at Kildare uh, Kildare physically got so big when Nagini yeah. was there yeah. players yeah. were massive I know the white jerseys probably make maybe lads look bigger but just a physique so yeah. like I, I presume he brought such a professional setup uh, in relation to organisation and number two then in relation to strength and conditioning yeah, just just the toughness of the trainings like uh, were absolutely horrendous. You know, yeah. like there was. I'm not even sure. Yeah, that's, like that's, I'm not even sure if it was, if you could call it scientific. They were just floggings. Like we would have been playing Oberon Cup games in say January and that, and then it was straight to drive over to uh, the K Club where we had our gym there, and you were doing a strongman session. You know, it was just. Uh, it was horrific stuff. Yeah, they're 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 horrific. They're they. You don't want to remember, to be honest. Yeah. But, uh, but, but, the, the, but with the, that the, as well, like... As well as the training. Yeah. But through all that, like, he developed, like, such a good culture within the team, do you know, as in, like, like how close the lads were together, even. Um, just through pure doggedness, do you know. Um, it was more team building, more so than even what we were doing physically. Yeah, I had Johnny Dyle on a couple of months ago and he was on about Andrew McLaughlin. I'm not sure if, if you were there out in the Algarve oh, or out in... Yeah, and, he, and the, he was dead. He was yeah. after training so hard that he, yeah. he was dead. We, we, were, we were on a training camp, so we were. It was over in San Francisco and this was before Christmas, like, so it was probably November. It was November, actually. And, like, so say, like, Monday to Friday, we were training and training hard, like, and then at the weekends, then we were allowed to go out and party hard but anyway um we, we had this this training session it was underneath golden gate bridge it was pitch, picturesque like it was absolutely gorgeous but next thing we were kind of heading down towards this beach and we kind of thought jesus would be a right bit of crack we must be going swimming or something like that and we looked up and there was this there was a, like steps going the whole way up like maybe about five, oh could be maybe 300 meters i'd say it was but like it was non-stop run up them steps as fast as you can jog back down and you go up again and we did that for what seemed like forever uh, but McLaughlin Andrew yeah he couldn't hack it he's only a small lad anyway but uh, <laughs> yeah he got down to the bottom and he had to be put into a recovery position he was getting sick and I don't know I thought it was just an easy way out for getting to the rest of the runs like but anyway <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tommy, I want to ask you, the, the All-Ireland semi-final against Down, um, obviously it's probably a game that Clare feel that, that, that was left behind. Um, you know, like there was huge buzz in the county um, and there was probably huge ex- expectation that, that time as well to reach the All-Ireland final. Yeah, I suppose um, the game itself is it's kind of a bit of a blur for myself because I saw decided to be there and everything like that. I wasn't even involved properly on the team. I was only on the panel, but uh, like I said earlier, but yeah, it, I suppose during that period of time, like we said, there was a special group of players and unfortunately a few a few refereeing decisions went against us that day um, against Down and uh, that square ball, I think everybody still talks about. Um, was, or was it a square ball? Uh, but 
uh, yeah, decision went against that against us that day. But I suppose it kind of gave um, a bit of belief, and in around that period of time, it came gave a lot of support from from the Kildare public, uh, Kildare supporters. Really got in behind the team and really tried to push us on. And in, in fairness, 2009, 2010, 2011, uh, during the Kieran McGinn era, it was it was pretty. Um, it's pretty special, I suppose, to be a Kildare supporter during that period of time. We were we were really up at the top table, and that year in particular, um, I suppose that down game was just. I think I feel anyway, looking back on it, probably one that we left left behind us uh, as a as a county that we really could have we really could have done something special there. But unfortunately, like I said, a few refereeing decisions went against us that day, and, um, and unfortunately, we we left it behind us, like I said. Yeah. I had- Pat McEnany on over a month ago, and he he said it's one of his biggest regrets was um, was making the mistakes that day. Um, but look, um, obviously he's not going to go back on them now, and that's well yeah. well done and dusted now. Uh, Keith, we finish up with you with with about Kieran McGinney. Um Would you have felt with some of the older lads, the more regulars, when when he left, that they were coming near the end of their their tenures, that they probably kind of maybe felt that it was time to bow out to that stage? You know, Johnny Dyle kind of talked about how he kind of fell out of love with the game at that stage when when Kieran left, and he wasn't able to give Jason Ryan the the commitment the following year. Would you would you think some some lads just kind of fell out of love with it? Ah, yeah, probably because like, like under Geezer's time, like it was properly full on, like you know, like really, really full on, and um, probably them lads wouldn't have done that under the previous manager. Um, I wouldn't have been nervous, obviously, obviously for that. But like, I'd say that they just poured so much energy into them. How many years was he there? He was there for six years, was it? Somewhere around that, yeah. Somewhere around that. Anyway, yeah. But uh, I'm sure that I did like once, like I, because I know that the players. And especially the likes of Johnny Doyle and Rowley and their kind of age, like they were, they really wanted Geezer to stay on. So I'd say when it, he had left, it just kind of, kind of hit them. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it did. Yeah. You 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 went travelling to Australia then, Keith, around two thousand and twelve. Yeah, I went for a year, um, and again, like you know, like. I had I kind of left when I wasn't playing that well. I did I wasn't playing well, you know, and I didn't deserve to be playing much with Kildare under Geezer. Um, and it's a, a regret that I kind of I, I definitely have is that I didn't push myself more back in them age and back in them years. Um, but I took the year out, and I'm glad that I did because I always wanted to go traveling, and it just happened that Paul was over there in Melbourne. He was playing Aussie Rules. And I got to do a bit of traveling because when I came back then after, it kind of felt as if I had it out of my system and I came back more mature even. And I really put the, the shoulder to the wheel for Kildare then. And it was probably then after that as I probably had, I played my better football with Kildare over Jason Ryan and uh, Keen O'Neill's years. Like, um, so, yeah, it... it Although, like, I look back and, and I'm ready, I missed out in a year maybe with Kildare, but I'm still glad I got to experience traveling and and uh, and all that. And it would be the same year that I missed that Kildare one that went on and won Division Two. So yeah. it's, I, I missed out on a medal as well. But anyway, um, that's the way it is. That's what I did. And yeah. I, I, still, I probably don't, I don't regret it anyway. If my memory serves you right, Paul played with Collingwood, would I be right in saying yeah. that? Yeah, Paul um, was was a nice to play with. Like obviously, he came back to, to Ireland as well. It would be nice to play together as well. Oh yeah, like it's it's great. Like like myself and Paul played for Kildare for together for a good few years, and 
yeah, it is. It's special playing with your brother, like, you know, um, even up just up until this year, like, you know, because uh, you're well able to kind of talk about stuff more and you learn a bit more then as well, like, you know, and it's just a nice feeling for, even for your family or that kind of coming to the games or there's a bit more, there's just kind of more about you because you're kind of known as the crib, as the crib and brothers, even like, um, whether, whether that's good or bad, no, I don't know. <laughs> um. Tommy, I just want to touch on 2013 again, obviously you won the under-21 title. I'm looking at a couple of names here. Paddy Brophy, Niall Kelly, Podge Fogarty, David Hyland, Mark Donnell, Fergal Conway, Daniel Flynn, Sean Hurley, who I remember was an extremely talented player. Um, you know, like there's huge names there. What, what, what was it like to captain that side? Uh, yeah, it was unbelievable, to be honest. Um, probably one of my proudest moments in the, in the white jersey, uh, to be fair. Uh, that, that that night in uh, Port Leash when we we bet Longford for the Leinster title, uh, yeah, I was just I was just very lucky that year to captain the team. Um, it was actually my first time actually captaining any side. To be honest, I didn't really captain any side, even an underage or anything like that. And I, I suppose Kieran picked me as, as the captain that year, and I was delighted. I was over the moon, and I I kind of knew like you're after naming out them players, you kind of know that you're in with a chat uh, chance there, definitely with the caliber that we had uh, in that time in, in that team. Um, and even the players that you haven't mentioned, like the likes of Mick Constantine and, and Neil McGovern, and players like that, that like have since gone on even close to uh, Kildare squads and stuff like that, and have won county titles uh, as well. But uh, with with their clubs, it was just an incredible side and very very talented. And it's no wonder why that we probably make that that group of players probably make the the backbone of the team today. Uh, a lot of them are still playing. In, with the senior team today, so yeah, it, it was unbelievable, and you can see that um, Niall Kelly, like you said, a very talented underage player, made a big splash in uh, in the inter county setup. Uh, Podge Fogarty, I think he won the he came on against Tyrone, won the won the league games, and came on and kicked two or three points in his very first game. So it was un- it was an unbe- unbelievably incredible uh, incredible team to be part of, and um, and unfortunately, like I said that year. We went up against the Galway team, who were actually, when I think back, or had a similar enough kind of situation as us. They have uh, Walsh, uh, Shane Walsh, uh, Damien Comer, part of that team, and a good few others that have been in around the Galway setup. And when I look back on it, it's kind of like he talks about regrets. It's probably regretted. That's definitely one game that I regret uh, that we didn't push on in that game. I think, like I said earlier, there about 20, 21 wides in it. Um, that. I suppose if we we converted even half them chances, we would have we would have definitely came out on top on that side. Um, but um, like I said, under twenty one titles are brilliant. A lot of them pushed on. A lot of us pushed on into the senior team, and um, it's fairly incredible when you think about it. I'd say, like I said, about twenty of them, I'd say would would have pushed on to the senior team. It's just testament to the to the coaching uh, that we got underage, like off off Brian Murphy in the the minor times and um, Anthony Herbert a lot of us got to coaching off them people like that in the setup, uh, which was and it shows how, how good the team was and how good that crop of players were uh, Yeah Keith when you when you come back from Australia uh, the Kildare Junior panel would have been very highly recognised back then McGinney would have kind of used it as a as a backup I suppose for, for players that were looking come back from injury or that were looking to make an impression like the was was that always the motivation with anyone that was on that panel that McGinney was looking at it? Yeah, yeah, it definitely was like, because um, it would have been even frustrating for say like some of the 
original junior players that would have been training from the start, like if Geezer wanted a few of the, the fringe players off the senior team to play a bit with the junior team, the lads who were originally there were probably pushed to a side to make room for, for Geezer's men, if you know what I mean. Mm. Uh, so it definitely was like because he knew that he had his eye on, on the junior team as well. And that's probably how I got back when I came back from Australia, how I got back in with, in with the senior team. So we would have played, we bet Longford in the Leinster final in 2013. And then we lost to Cork in the All-Ireland final. But uh, again, like, they were very enjoyable games. Like, you know, um, anytime, at, at any grade, you're winning a bit of silverware with Calaird, you know, it's, it's, it's a good day. Uh, and it's very much something that you'll always look back towards. Because um, unfortunately with, with Calaird and, as I said, with other teams in, in Leinster, there's not that many medals floating about unless you're from Dublin. Yeah. Uh, Newbridge or nowhere, lads. Um, what a week! <laughs> what a week! <laughs> what a what what a week! And I wasn't even from Clare trying to follow it on social media. Um, yeah. Tommy, how how did it start? Um, I think it was just a text. I didn't really take not much notice of it. I don't think any player took much notice of it at the start when you kind of you kind of just realised um, the draw. And I didn't really notice, but then a text from I think it was from Dyler into the WhatsApp group says. Home advantage, we're taking home advantage, we're going to train like it's home advantage, and that's how the week went. Um, I think Keane took the mantle there then from that, where he he went in and really, in fairness, kind of pulled for us there in, in that instance. That we were we were sticking to our guns, we weren't we weren't moving, and we were training like the game was going ahead in, in Conlitz. There was no way that that was being moved, uh, and it was great, I suppose, for the for the public in particular that got in behind us, um, and even that. that that week was just so so surreal. Um, everybody was talking about it. It's probably the most talked about Kildare game in the last ten ten years. Anyway, apart from the yeah. two thousand and ten final, that's definitely up there, and it's still people still talk about it to this day. That was, uh, but I suppose we put pressure on ourselves. If we didn't play well, Jesus, we really would have been. There's no point in doing something like that and getting beaten by twenty points the next day. You know that kind of way. Mm. So we did put pressure on ourselves, but it was look, it was it. I suppose looking back on it, it was a great game to be involved in, and it was unbelievable time for for Clare again. Um, it was such a massive, massive uh, occasion. People, like you said, people from all over the country were probably looking for us and looking, hoping that we'd win. Unless you're from Mayo, but they were really pulling for us at that stage. Yeah, was it was a player driven, uh, Keith? Like, were the players fully, fully no. behind? Oh, the player, the players were fully behind it, but like, it was like it was. Keane had sent out a text saying that he was going to be on the news, you know, and if anyone didn't want, if if they didn't want to kind of have that big push on for St. Colin, let's say it now, you know, um, but all the players were definitely behind it and they said, yeah, go ahead. And next thing, Keane was on the 6-1 news, which was, it was just crazy, like, you know. <laughs> um, and then, uh, then that was a case, like the ball was in, in the GA's court, like you know, they had to uh, they had to make their decision. And but as Tommy was just saying, like you know, we were training on the Tuesday and Thursday, and we were fully prepared. Like if the game wasn't going to be moved to St Conlitz, it would have been a, an empty Crow Park, uh, you know, because we we had gone that far, so we we had to see it through. But uh, I know it was just brilliant, like you know, and then the performance as well that we that we gave uh, to be beaten Mayo, who were. Were, they were probably in the final year before or whatever anyway they were expected to be in the final again but uh, to 
to beat them and beat them well, like you know, it was just great. It was brilliant. It was a huge day, though, lads. I remember there was a sweltering hot day as well, and there was a huge scramble for tickets as well. Was was there an extra, extra motivation, motivation, Tommy? Um, I don't know. I don't think you have to get motivated for a game like that because you're going up against one of the top teams in the country, like yeah. Keith says, they were in New All Ireland before. Uh, but you can see we kind of banded together that year because of that as well. Um, like with the amount of, I, I suppose, like I said, there is probably that added pressure by ourselves. There's no point in going out and getting hammered by 20 points after the fight we put up to play the Newbridge. Um, and yeah, there was that, I suppose, looking back on it, you probably wouldn't admit it at the time. There was probably that added bit of pressure put on by ourselves to say, look, there's no point, like I said, there's no point going out here getting hammered by 20 points. We have to really put our, put our shoulder to the wheel and we have to put in the performance. We have to get this win. Um, and luckily we did. And you could see the, the swell of support after the game. It was kind of incredible scenes. You think we'd run, a, run it all hard in there at the end. Everybody running, rushing onto the pitch. And it was a brilliant day for Clare football, in fairness. Uh, and it's, it's probably long live in the memory for me anyway. It makes sense though, Keith, to play their matches in, in the likes of Newbridge or... Dr. Cullen Park or Port Leash, you know, oh, like yeah. if, if you if you were playing yeah. Calera Mayo and Crow Park, probably going to get twenty thousand in an eight or twenty five thousand in eighty two thousand yeah. seat stadium. Definitely, like down through the years, like the most enjoyable games are well, especially for for us anyway. Tommy are uh, are in the the likes of uh, St. Cognates yeah. or Namur Park or something like that, where you can really feel an atmosphere. Because just the crowds aren't going to to games and like they're not going to be near selling out Crow Park like you know unless you're getting to your uh, or All Ireland semis and All Ireland finals like you know so it just creates more atmosphere and the players the players feed off that as well like you know it's more enjoyable and it produces better football I think. Yeah, Tommy, the lowest point of your career would that have been the Carlo game? Um. Yeah, probably. Yeah, um, probably for myself. Yeah, probably, probably one of the lowest points of my career. Uh, I came on the last ten, fifteen minutes, and just to be involved with that was was really uh, disappointing. And I suppose it was embarrassing at stages. We we got a good triumph. We got a good triumph in that day against Carlo. Uh, they really had their homework done, uh, and we didn't didn't get to the pitch of the game at all that day. Uh, and no. uh, we got a lot of stick for that, and rightly so, in fairness, um, because at times. We were just way off, uh, and it, yeah, like I said, it was really embarrassing um, to get a to get a complete another hammering. And that, that's not taken away from from Carlo's performance or Carlo's county football and county or anything like that. But we we really were disappointed in ourselves after that, um, and even I suppose the general public in Clare were really disappointed in ourselves. Uh, I don't think I don't know when the last time we lost against Carlo was before that event. Fifty uh, so years, I think. Yeah, so it was really it was a tough one to take. Tough one to take. Did did you did you get much abuse, Tommy? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I personally did. Like, I work in um, Patrician Secondary School in Newbridge there, and that was probably yeah, that was probably one of the worst times um, to get abuse. I remember walking up to town with my uh, one the vice principal, um, Damien Scannon. I'm walking up to town and lads roaring one lad in particular roaring out the window calling me all sorts of names and calling me useless and stuff like that and um, me turning around to the boss and saying oh, I don't know what to say here <laughs> just walking on down the road um, sorry, sorry Tommy that was actually me so was 
<laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but it was, yeah, I just I just had to keep on walking them down, down the street. And I suppose I went off. I think I deleted every single page off social media and just kind of just put the head down. We really had to have a long, hard look at ourselves after that. I remember going back in on the Tuesday. And for some reason whatsoever, I think everybody just wanted to kill each other in the training session. Uh, there was just hammering going on, and it was probably a, a, an awakening of some sort. Yeah, there, there was a, a nothing worse than going yeah. into a training session like on, on the chip, like and even after any kind of a loss like that, uh, there was nothing worse than having the, the thought of going to train on the Tuesday. But once yeah, you kind of get that, once you get the, once you get that training session over with, then you, you just get more of a focus. But geez, it's horrendous looking looking towards it. And I, and I remember, like, I remember the hits going in and that, that like, it was unbelievable, that training. That was probably one of our better training sessions that year. Right? Yeah. And um, they, they do tend to be, like, yeah, they do tend to be because yeah. there's such a reaction. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, say if we had a bad one against, like, during under geezer, like, on the Tuesday night we were playing murder ball, like, and it was literally 30 lads inside the 21 and 14 or that. Yeah, and that. Yeah. <laughs> lads were just crazy. hopping off each other. <laughs> There was fights and all sorts breaking out and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that kind of stuff, I think after that, uh, we got a real, I think we got a bounce effect where we got a real kick up the arse. I think we played Derry the next game um, up there, wasn't it? Or not, was it Derry? Yeah, up there. Yeah. I can't remember. I think it was yeah, Derry. Yeah, I, think it was and I remember the, the, before the throw-in, you could even see yeah. the, uh, the intensity that we brought into that game. I think it was a real kind of, that's what Carlo did to us, and we're not going to allow that to happen again. Yeah, I remember yeah. before the show, in, and I even remember myself saying, Look, I'm going to shoulder this lad even before the ball is thrown in and make sure that there's contact made. Yeah. And um, I think that, again, it was a bounce effect that we got out of it. It was unbelievable, like that game. I think it was, I think it was close enough end to end, but we kind of came out with the win then, and it gave us a bit of a run then. Was, was, that, was that your lowest point as well, uh, Keith? Ah, uh, yeah, between that and the Wicklow game, like they're the two. Two of the lowest games, anyway. Um, the games that, you're, that everyone in the country is kind of expecting, yeah, and you fully expecting to win the game and then to be turned over. But in both them games, like you know, we're probably rightly turned over because the other team were just so in your face and so up for it, and you probably thought you had the game won before you took to the field, like. Um, but yeah. Did 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 Kildare take the eye off the ball that day? Ah, oh, yeah, we definitely did. Like if. Yeah, because if we didn't take that oh, off the ball, we should have been winning the game. Like, do you know? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because it was deemed to be the the easier side of the draw because the winners yeah. were playing Leash. Yeah. Uh, in a, in a semi final, um, Leash obviously beat Carlo, but you know it, it is very easy get caught up in the hole. Oh, Carlo often beaten in whatever 50, 60 years, or yeah. you know, and they just they they just turned you over. Um, uh, the best game you were involved in, lads. Tommy, I'll, st- I'll start with yourself. Um, there's probably probably a few there that I'd probably put up. Obviously, the Newbridge are nowhere is obviously up there. Um, just with the the sheer, I suppose, relief of winning that game and the the amount of people coming onto the pitch and stuff like that. Uh, that would be definitely up there, along with obviously personally anyway. The under twenty one Leinster win for myself, uh, getting the cap in the team and always dreaming of lifting a trophy for with Kildare was probably up there as well. And then another one, which is a strange one, and probably Keith probably wouldn't even remember the game, was um, a down game um, under a down championship game under uh, Jason Ryan. Up in Newry. Yeah, up in Newry. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, the reason why that one sticks out for me is because uh, a lot of my club they actually brought up a bus or something that day, and they came out onto the pitch afterwards, 
and it kind of looking back on it now, it sticks with me because a lot of the, a lot of a lot of younger members of the club were there, and now I'm actually playing with them younger members now. So, um, there are probably three games that stick with me. Probably, probably them three games that stick with me is probably the top three games that I played in. What about you, Keith? Ah, just yeah, just a Mayo game like in the qualifiers, just because of they were the best team that best opposition that uh, we ever bet that. That I was involved in, and just with the week and all that it was, or whatever, do you know that was definitely something special, never be forgotten. Yeah, I want to just touch on the managers for for a couple of moments. Uh, at senior level, you would have Kieran McGinley, Jason Ryan, Keen O'Neill, Jack O'Connor. Um, who would you pick as the number one? I know you probably didn't get much much time with Jack, but would would Kieran McGinley be the number one outside of of, the, of that group? Me oh, or you, Keith? Yeah. No, for you, Tommy, I think it is. Uh, sorry. Um, I don't know, yeah. Um, all had all had completely different styles of management, um, in fairness. Like you said, Kieran was more of a you put him like, Roy Keane kind of effect. <laughs> um, it was his player the highway kind of way of, of looking at things and tactically um, completely different to Jason Ryan and Keane. Keane was more of a, a man that would, um, I suppose be more methodical, you'd have to look at all the video analysis and everything like that. Uh, and Jack, I suppose, m- m- much more old school in his in his way of looking at things. Uh, and I suppose we didn't get a lot of time under Jack. Um, and it, it was a bit of a difficult year for Jack this year, I suppose, with, with, with COVID and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, I don't know, it's a difficult one. Um, probably for his track record, probably Kieran McGinney um, would probably be the, the top manager. Um, but, I'd probably add in there with a few of the selectors and stuff like that, but I always loved working under Brian Murphy uh, from an underage. I'd probably, I'd nearly put him up top for my Kildare senior team or Kildare management team. I'd, I'd, I'd love working under Brian Murphy. Uh, for some reason, he gave me my first start yeah, with the minor team, but he would definitely be up there as well. Yeah, what was your case? Just, yeah, just uh, like again, like, like Geezer probably brought Kildare probably to a little bit more heights than, than what we've had. Um, with any other manager, as in terms of say a semi final and quarter finals, and that um, disappointing though that we only got to one Leinster final under Kieran and only one Leinster final under Keane as well. Like, um, but again, I probably would have enjoyed my football at mostly under Keane O'Neill just because I would have been, I think he trusted me kind of to be in his in his team more often and I would have been playing better football from that age probably as well. Uh, but just Tommy was like saying selectors and stuff like that and like Roley Sweeney was involved with Keane and like yeah, I thought yeah. like Roley is going to be a top class county manager mm-hmm. at some stage in his career um, and just I think that he's he's definitely he, he, he was definitely brilliant with us I think he's a great way with lads and uh, he's someone that kind of all, everyone in Calera kind of looks up to so I think he's going to be uh, a top a top class county manager I definitely agree with that yeah Roley was Rolly was excellent, I felt as well. He was he was really top notch and more fit or lucky to have him around the place. Yeah. He, he definitely will. If he was if he was a free agent as such as a manager, I, I would say I'd expect that a, another county team, an inter-county team, would definitely pick him up if not to there in the future. Yeah, um, we're we're nearly at the end. I want to touch on your clubs, and uh, it's always important to reference the club. Um, Tommy, you're with Leakslip, um, Keith with Johnstown Bridge. 
yeah. Keith, I was looking at the population of John, Johnstown Bridge. It's only the last census it was under 700 people, which I found yeah. completely amazing. I, I had pitched a much bigger area. Um, but to produce the quality players that they have produced over the years, uh, there must be huge work going on in the club. Yeah, like, you know, there, there has been, like, and even through schools and stuff like that, like, a lot of, like, well, all of the teams, or all of the top quality players that we have in with Johnson at the moment would have came from, say, Mary's Eaton Derry. And uh, they, they have, when we were there anyway, they had, like, great uh, coaching structures and underage and football, and they were just brilliant in there. Like, you know, Emma uh, McDonald would have been a big part of that. Uh, and then, like with Johnson as well, like we're lucky to have good managers as well, like Brian Flanagan. We had Luke Dempsey this year, Paddy O'Donoghue. Um, so yeah, like like I'm looking, I'm really, really looking forward to getting stuck back in with Johnson from the full to be there full time. And um, because as Tommy, I'm sure he'll agree, like he he looked forward to driving on leagues up again. Like they have a great chance of winning intermediate this year. Uh, and then again with Johnson, like you know, we haven't hit the heights that we want to hit yet. Uh, and there's a couple of more lads, like say, Colin McNally is going to be there involved now. He would have been with Claire for a good few years himself. So hopefully we'll be able to push on a little bit further now. Yeah, you've a brand new manager as well, Shane, Shane Flanagan. Shane Flanagan, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's going to be involved with us this year. So um, we don't really know what way it's going to kind of pan out next year in terms of like what way it's going to be ran off or whatever else like that. So it's hard for him to organise that. And yet... But uh, like again, like we're we're really looking forward. To it. There's always a great buzz when a new manager comes in as well, um, so we're looking forward to that. Yeah, and uh, Tommy Ender Murphy's at the helm in in League Slip. Uh, League Slip legend. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, Ender was in 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 Barbados there previously before, and in Barbados Clare. So we've worked. I've worked with Ender personally a lot. Um, so yeah, it's brilliant to to have him back in League Slip and. Really, uh, I suppose our job is uh, definitely aiming to try and get out of the intermediate uh, championship and get up back up to senior. Uh, unfortunately, over maybe a couple of years, I suppose we 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 didn't have the youth coming through and stuff, and we we kind of let the, let the ball drop on that. And now, over probably the last two or three years, you can see a few young lads coming through, like Jack Barris, uh, Jack Quinn, um, Jack Travers, a few others. That have um, that have actually appeared, but uh, which we've really needed. We've great facilities and leaks up and everything like that, but we really needed something to push on the, the club as a whole. And uh, I think a senior men title, any senior men title, would really push us on. Uh, and I can't wait. Uh, like like Keith said, really can't wait to get get stuck in, and uh, especially under a new manager like Keith said, you, you don't know what to expect. Um, but with Merck, you know, from from his from his experience with Kildare and stuff like that, you will expect. Uh, top quality management, and you, you'll expect top quality uh, sessions. And um, it's going to be a strange year, like you said as well, with COVID and stuff like that. Uh, but I hope um, I think I, I think the the club is the backbone of everything within a county and within within GA. And I hope as soon as possible we can get the fixtures up and going after January in, in January and really get really get the season underway. Okay. Yeah, absolutely, lads. We're going to finish up shortly. Um, last. Uh, bit on the agenda for yourselves is the best six players you've played with during your time in Kildare. Um, this is the this is always a tricky one. So <laughs> there's always someone offended by by the answers out of this one. Uh, you better pick your brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll start with you, Keith. Uh, uh, so the best goalkeeper. Uh Mark Donnan. Um, yeah. best, best player uh, on the yeah. full back line. P. Kelly. 
uh, best player in the half back line. This is a tough. This is the toughest one now because I've like three contenders there. So I had I'd Rainbow, but I, I couldn't really count Rainbow because I only played a couple of games with him. Emmett Bolton and Owen Dial. Um, but then in terms of defensive stuff, I'm going to go with Owen Dial. Okay, and the best midfielder. Don't say Tommy Mooley. Uh, I was going to say apart from Tommy, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dermot Early. Okay, and best player in the half forward line. Uh, now you can change these two boys either because both of them play in the half forward and the full forward line. Uh, I put Leper at half forward and Johnny Doyle at full forward. Oh, yeah. Up to you now, Tommy. Have you went different? So your best best goalkeeper. Uh, I have to agree with Keith with Don. Uh, unbelievable yeah. kick out. And and the Murphy won't like that. Oh well, I didn't play with Enda, so that's all right. Oh, right, right. <laughs> Fair enough, Tommy. No, Enda's definitely the best. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the best, on, yeah. Uh, Mark Donnan has to, has to get the nod there. Uh, best player in the full back line? Um, probably a tough one, uh, but I would go with Mick Foley. Uh, unbelievable. Under high ball, you've seen it on the county final there recently. Yeah. He was class. Yeah. Um, best player in the half back line? Again, a very tough decision with that. Um, I, it's between a few lads, but going to my head, I'd say Emma Bolton. I thought he was class. Uh, the best midfielder? Um, I only played a small bit under Dermot Early uh, and Daryl Flynn I played a bit with but I will still go with Kevin Feely. Uh, best player in the half forward line? Um, Johnny Doyle, without a doubt. Finally, the best player in the full forward line? Um, again, another difficult one. Um, Keith Clubman, Daniel Flynn and I, I always... I always love playing for some reason. I always love playing with Neil Flynn. Um, oh, and there's some legends there that I'm leaving out, but I'm going to have to go with Neil Flynn because I just, I just love playing with him. I think he's so skillful and left and right foot, and he can kick a 45 left right foot off the ground. So I suppose uh, Neil Flynn. Great. Lads, you've been absolutely brilliant. Um, want to congratulate you on two fantastic careers. Even that's from a leashman, so you can take that as a high compliment. Um, I know, the look, leash exactly, with, with, with the leash jacket. Look, uh, putting counties aside, rivalries aside, been two fantastic players. Um, like to wish you the best of luck with your clubs next year. Hopefully, you'll get a good run at the club championships. And uh, thanks very much for taking the time. Straight I will repair to the Cora of Kildare For it's there I'll find tidings of my dear